0: There seem to be many schools of psychotherapy. Are they all essentially the same, just emphasizing different things, or are there distinct differences? Yes, there are many schools of psychotherapy, and of course, psychotherapy itself even. There are divisions between psychology and psychiatry and various other forms of therapy, and there are things like occupational therapy as well, and of course, physiotherapy, and all kinds of different things, I suppose, that are out there. And some of these distinctions are rather useful. Some of them aren't. They're just sort of cultural artifacts that sort of develop that way in different traditions and the various forms of spiritual guidance as well and uh, career guidance work and various forms of, of, of pastors and ministries that, you know, will do something along the lines of counseling and, you know, loads of Different kind of backgrounds and schools that have developed in different ways and have, you know, come to the, the the point that we we find ourselves at right now. So, within psychotherapy specifically, are they, you know, are they all equally valid, or are they just emphasizing different things? Does it matter, I suppose, when we're seeking support, when we're seeking therapeutic support? So it depends. And the example I like to use here is kind of a very similar world, which is is fitness. So when it comes to physical fitness. Now there are some modes of fitness which are a little bit more medical. So physiotherapy would be a little bit more formal, physical therapy. Other approaches then might be a little bit more more casual. So, you know, just kind of simple exercises or stretching techniques or things like that, something you might see in a video uh, on a YouTube channel, but it's not uh it's not necessarily a formal program with diagnosis and and labels attached to it so there are many many different styles but helpful way to think of it is if you're thinking okay well should i use yoga and there's many different schools of yoga uh, pilates and kickboxing should i go mountain walking you know what what's the right way for me to be healthy and fit you can see that there clearly isn't one answer to that and different kind of schools of physical fitness have developed around the fact that there are different kinds of people with different interests. And it is true that they do prioritize different things. Now, I think the measure that's useful, because what we want to do is, it's fine if there's stylistic differences. That's not necessarily a problem. But what we want to do is make sure that therapy is fit for purpose, that it's evidence-based, that it actually works and it's actually going to help people. So I think a distinction which is nice here is between the disciplines of engineering and of architecture. So more or less, architecture sits within the constraints of engineering. So an architect won't try and design a building that the laws of gravity won't allow. That's not safe, and they've no interest in doing it. Now, that being said, just as a little side note, throughout history, architects have sometimes pushed engineering So you'll find some visionary genius who comes up with a design and the engineer says, that's not possible. and The architect says, make it possible. (laughs) And then they'll go back to the drawing board and do do some science, do some calculations and find a way of maybe making a new material or combining other materials or being clever in the way they engineer it. So sometimes there can be a bit of a push between the two and that's very welcome. But it doesn't change the core point that engineering sets a a series of constraints of you know what is possible the maximum load something can bear what we can expect from it in terms of longevity etc and what architecture does then though is something also very important it says engineering alone isn't enough you know because having a bunch of mathematical formulas or having a bunch of raw materials doesn't give you a functional space to operate in so the architect works within the constraints of engineering but then thinks okay well what what do we need here? What, what are the functions of this space? What's the best way of laying it out? How can we consider human factors? How can we consider accessibility? How can we consider daylight? How the space is going to be used, the aesthetics of it? All of these things are really really important health and safety, access, and so on. So these considerations have to build upon what engineering tells us, but they're not limited by engineering within that space. There is uh, lots of room for creative difference. You know, you can have ten buildings that are, from an engineering perspective, entirely equivalent. They're, they're they're equally good in terms of how they're built. However, their configuration is very very different, and they may be very good for some people, and maybe not for others. And there's just style differences as part of it too. So for me, I like that as a way of trying to think about what's going on in psychotherapy. So we want to make sure that what we're doing isn't too outside the box in that. Yeah, maybe there isn't an evidence base behind it or, you know, if it was unsafe, the same with physical fitness. You don't want to do a fitness technique that is going to strain your body and is actually going to create harm. You know, somebody just made it up yesterday. That's maybe not going to be that useful. Now, there's nothing wrong with coming up with new methods, but then they need to be tested appropriately before, you know, people are formally supported with them. You know, most of the methods we have were developed or, you know, somebody got the idea for it at some time, but there's been good testing phases since. So I think the same thing with psychotherapy we we want methods to sit within kind of the engineering of psychology and cognitive science of neurology of what we know about the systems and how it works by all means they can feed backwards though and they can help the research and that happens all the time that's what i try and do with my own practice because i'm a practitioner i work with clients but i'm also a researcher and i love that loop because you know, you do then go back and test the theory. It gives you good ideas for the research you're doing when you're working with real people in a real way. And then you go and you do some research work and then you're kind of itching to bring it back into the real world. So it's nice to move between kind of the engineering and the architecture of it in that way. That can be really helpful. But we definitely want our psychotherapy to be constrained by the evidence base and the fundamentals of what we know is good for people. And what's really nice is, even though there are many, many different schools There are many commonalities. It's not to say they're all the same, but there are many commonalities. Very often, there'll be different labels. There'll be slightly different philosophies. There'll be different orders that things are done and different emphases. But very often, a shared commonality in how we see ourselves, our relationship with the world. Some approaches are going to emphasize like systemic psychotherapy, emphasizing much more relationships and interactions between people uh, in various systems. Other approaches being a bit more individually focused. Some approaches being a bit more like behaviorist approaches, more about kind of the habits that we have in a way and the actions we take in the world. More cognitive approaches, emphasizing the thoughts specifically and some of the belief systems and how we work with them. And so on. Embodied approaches, thinking about what's happening in the body and the list goes on the nice thing is though that they tend not to for the most part discount what the other methods are doing but they just say well you know from our perspective this is particularly important so like the architecture example we gave if you assume you've got good engineering so there's good science good psychology good cognitive science behind a particular school of psychotherapy that's being used And then if we think of the school of psychotherapy as working within that, emphasizing certain principles that it considers important, just like a particular martial art or a particular fitness technique is emphasizing certain methods, that may be a good fit for some people and not others, like in architecture, because a place may be well-engineered and well-designed as an office, but it might make a good home, might make a good school. There could be different needs. So likewise for you, based on your circumstances, if you're seeking support, there may be some methods that are a better fit for you than others. Now, we live in a time where a lot of practitioners, and this definitely applies to me, are quite uh, quite eclectic or integrative in that they draw together a number of different techniques around the needs of a particular client rather than having, you know, a standard go-to approach. They still probably have specializations for the most part, uh, like my own work in experiential learning. But, you know, still there's, there's a good flexibility within that to be able to bring in different methods. Sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes there is a rather specific specialization too, and, you know, that's equally valid. But the key thing is that it's kind of matching up what your own needs are with the the therapist that you 're working with now, this would have been much harder you know ten or twenty years ago uh it was much much harder, but we live in a time now where even you know just ten minutes of googling can actually f- tell you an awful lot about some of the main styles of therapy, and more uh therapists than ever before have. You know, decent websites. They've got videos. They've got information up about what they do. So they'll normally tell you from the very beginning, kind of what their styles or what their influences are, and then you get a good feeling from them as to whether that is a fit for you. And if they don't say that, just ask them. You know, what kind of schools of psychotherapy are you interested in? What type of practice do you use? So doesn't have to be perfect but you know you might find there's something that you particularly gel with as an approach it makes sense maybe you can kind have of thought that in that way already and that's particularly useful and then there's some resonance there so that might make it a good approach to take for you the main thing to do though i think is something it's you know we could spend our time researching psychotherapies or maybe waiting a hundred years until there's even better psychotherapies or even better integrations between them but in the meantime you know we let the perfect be the enemy of the good you know, what's good enough right now. There's plenty of really decent methods out there and whether you choose, you know, to go to kickboxing class or whether you go mountain walking or whether you go swimming. The point is you're being active and you're getting fit. So I think the same thing. If you need some therapeutic support, you know, get it. Draw on it. Wherever you're getting it from, you know, make sure the therapist is is qualified, they're insured, they're a member of professional organizations, all all the usual things. But once the engineering is reasonably sound within that It is those personal stylistic differences, but you're probably going to do some pretty good work either way. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe, and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf, or on jfl.com.